Hey y'all, I'm C.G. Townsend, your host of the Being Balanced Podcast, a space full of ways to help you stop the glorification of busyness. We're talking aha moments, must-have resources, real-life wins, and small shifts that lead to incredible impact. Welcome back, everyone, to the Being Balanced podcast. I'm C.G. Townsend, your host, and per the norm, I have another awesome person to introduce you to for some, and some of you may already be familiar with her, but Trish Ajel Roberts is here today to chat with us, and I cannot wait for us to dive into this conversation. I'll go ahead and pass the mic right on over to her to get us started. All right. Thank you so much, CG, for having me on your show. Um, so yes, my name is Trish Agel Roberts. I'm a self-actualization and diversity coach, a happiness expert, and I'm also the author of a inspirational journal. It's called 12 Steps to Mind-Blowing Happiness, and it received endorsements from Yanla Van Zandt, Jack Canfield, and Marcy Shimoff, which was super exciting for me. Um, and I can't wait to get into the topic of mind-blowing happiness. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for us to dive right on in. Before we go there, tell us a little bit more about being a self-actualization coach. What does that mean exactly? Yeah, so, you know, I've learned that a lot of people are not familiar with that term, which is why I coined the term mind-blowing happiness. But basically that term came about um, from Abraham Maslow, who's a psychologist in the 70s. He came up with this idea that we all have as... um, kind of human nature, we start off with this need for clothing and shelter and food, you know, like basic necessities. And once those needs are met, we start wanting other things like deeper relationships or um, a sense of importance in our communities. And once we get past those levels, we still have this longing. And the longing is really to reach our fullest potential. And it always involves some level of creativity. So, you know, it could be a podcast, it could be forming an organization, it could be being a leader in a community, it could even be something like having a a bakery or, or being a great mom, you know, but whatever it is, there's this level of creativity and a level of feeling that we have satisfied this longing to meet our potential. So that's what self-actualization is. And because I think the word is just a big word, um, I kind of translate it into mind-blowing happiness. So, you know, that sense of deep fulfillment and joy in your life that I think we're all looking for. Yeah. I mean, yes, we are. (laughs) So you're spot on. And just for folks to know a little bit about how we connected, um, I'm a member of the Junior League of Atlanta, and I had the privilege of hearing you speak at one of our sessions and trainings. And I was just so blown away by the information that you shared. I had to have you on the show. And a part of that information also included diversity. So tell us more about the intersection of self-actualization and the work you're doing in diversity. Yeah. So, you know, part of the reason this is so important to me is that happy people aren't out here hurting people. We're too busy having a great experience living. And racism, you know, whether it is um, internalized and it hurts us in that way, you know, emotionally, whether it's against ourselves or against other people, it's not a happy place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, when it's expressed externally and it turns into things like, political fighting or harming others or wars and all of those things, it's not a happy place to be either. It's not helping our communities and it's not helping ourselves. So that's kind of where the intersection is. 
you cannot be experiencing racism or being racist and really be growing and, and reaching your fullest potential. So I, I, I love connecting those two because I don't think that people really realize that. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. And I know we've kept folks on the edge of their seats for long enough. Please do explain to us, what does it mean to you to have mind-blowing happiness? Oh my goodness. Well, so the, the book, teaches 12 steps and I can give your listeners some of the early steps. So it starts off really with healing. The first step is healing. You know, a lot of us, I know myself for a long time, I had some trauma in my youth and I thought I was fine, but I was just bumping into things, you know, like, like sometimes you don't even realize that you have healing that you need to work on. So the first step is really addressing anything that might have hurt you in your past, whether it's a major trauma or even something small, you know, somebody might've stolen your um, peanut butter sandwich in first grade. And now you just have a, a, a negative feeling about sharing or mm. somebody might've told you that you couldn't sing in the third grade and now you're scared to go to the karaoke. So, you know, just working through um, your healing is really the first step. Uh, the second thing is spirituality. You know, a lot of people get that confused with religion and religion can be a really heavy topic. A lot of people have been um, harmed by religion. So spirituality is separate and it's really getting a sense of your inner self, you know, the self that is separate from your skin and bones and it doesn't have to be connected to any kind of, any kind of major religion, but it goes on from there, you know, it's a path. You and I met in the junior league. So that's a perfect example of community, which is the third step. Uh, a lot of people were suffering during the pandemic because we were so disconnected, mm. you know, my, myself included. It was important to find organizations and stay connected, which yes. we did pretty well with, with the junior <laughs> league. Yeah. Yes. So, so those are some of the foundation, foundational steps. And um, they're things that I've learned over many years uh, studying Buddhism, which I started mm -hmm. studying in 2010, um, and then studying yoga. I got my yoga certification in 2019, but I started practicing yoga like a million years ago. I won't even say the number. What was the, the pivotal moment in your life that kind of said, you were able to say, aha, you know, this, this is what I want. This is the type of life I want to live and then to start living that way? There were two big moments for me. Um, the first one was 2010. I was not mind-blowingly happy at all. <laughs> my job was not going well. My relationship wasn't going well. I was a single mom, I was exhausted. And I remember sitting down at my kitchen table and Googling uh, meditation. And I found a meditation center here in Atlanta. And so I drove over there, showed up, it was interesting. It looked like a house. It didn't look like the Catholic churches that I grew up with in Brooklyn. Um, but I went in there and it was really strange because the, the woman who greeted me was at first a little awkward because I was the only one who happened to be there that day. But then she told me that she wanted to meditate on death. And I thought, okay, what am I doing? What, what have I got myself into? But we actually did do that. We sat down, we did a meditation on death because we normally never think about death. We always think it's gonna be another day and not mm. today. So when I left there, 
it was an aha moment for me. I really felt um, it was almost like a near death experience. Like I had, I had meditated on this idea of what would happen if my life ended today? Today, was I living the life that I wanted to live? And I really wasn't because I was pretty miserable. So that was my first kind of aha moment. And then eight years later, I had another experience where I, I jumped in my car one day, I was heading to the office. I was on the road, maybe 10 minutes. I was listening to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. I don't know if you ever listened, yeah. to, listened to that. And he was getting, she was in this interview. It was like about forgiveness and I was all zen out. It was great. And then next thing I knew, something hit the back of my vehicle. It turned out to be an 18 wheeler. Oh I was on 75 right here in Atlanta. And um, I was, you know, it's, it's funny because I heard screaming and then I realized it was me. And next thing I knew, I was headfirst into the, um, the divider on the highway. I was lucky there was, I wasn't hurt at all, which was amazing. But at the same time, I thought, okay, who's trying to get my attention here? You know, mm -hmm. um, it, it was the same thing. It was like another kind of near death experience where I took an assessment of my life and I realized that I wasn't doing the things that really brought me joy. Mm. So from there, I don't know, I just changed everything <laughs> after that. Um, and that was uh, not too long before I started my company, which is mind-blowing happiness. So many people can probably relate to having these aha moments and they vary, you know, in degree and what the experience actually looks like. Did you have your own fears or anxiety about taking that next step, like walking into that meditation center, starting your business, things like that? You know, like take us through how you got there. As far as mentally, like how did you, how did you set your mind to this new way of living? Yeah, well, you know, I grew up in a kind of traditional I'm first generation, so my parents are from the Caribbean. Um, so I don't know if that really makes a big difference, but they had me thinking that I could be a doctor or a lawyer or a business person. Mm -hmm. And that was really it. I could be those three things. <laughs> Anything else was like, they didn't know what I was talking about. Um, so it, it, it took really a while for me to get this idea in my head that those weren't the only three things that I could be and not like die. You know, mm -hmm. um, so it was really terrifying for me to go out on my own and do something different. Now, I had a business before. I had a brick and mortar. I used to have a Curves Fitness Center before I moved out here to Atlanta. And it was a difficult ending. You know, I had to let go of employees. I lost money on that business. So the idea of having a business again, it was one of those things I said, I'm never going to do it. Nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. Um, but what I learned was that, you know, we changed the person who owned that business was a different person. That business was at a different time. It was a different type of business, you know? Mm -hmm. So it just, it, it just took time, yeah. you know, it took time. I used tools. I started journaling. I started meditating. You know, I started having quiet time with myself to um, really think through some of those things. Yeah. And that's the kind of things that I help my clients with now, you know, helping them think through things. 
Tell us more about that. So if someone is listening and they're like, I think I need your support. I think I need to add you to my, you know, village of people that I work with to get to the next level. What does that look like as far as working with you? Yeah, well, first of all, it's fabulous. (laughs) It's just fabulous. (laughs) So, so what does it look like working with me? Um, Typically, well, first of all, you know, anybody who's thinking that they would want to consider something like that, I do offer offer 30 minute clarity coaching sessions where you actually walk away with some action steps and you'll go through some of the process with me. And, you know, there's no charge for that. So when I first work, work with a client, we do an assessment. So that's kind of the first step. And the assessment is really just for you to figure out how happy you are with your life. So I take you through what I call the eight main life areas. And that is um, fun and recreation, relationships, your occupation, um, mental health, physical health, your physical environment, your spiritual life. So it's like this whole um, list of areas of your life. And sometimes that alone is the epiphany. Like, oh, I didn't even know I had eight areas. I thought it was just, you know, work and family, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we go through those eight areas and kind of assess, you know, how you feel about each one. And typically we'll identify two or three that you might want to work on. And then from there, I like to set three month goals and I work with my clients three months at a time because less than that, you really can't have a whole lot of change take place. But um, so we'll set three month goals and we'll set action steps. I meet with clients weekly. I've tried using different schedules like bi-weekly, but it doesn't seem to work. I think what happens is people do nothing the first week and then cram like two days before they're going to meet with me. So yeah, so that's how we work. And I have seen, oh my gosh, the transformations that I have seen in people is absolutely amazing. How do people decide that it's time? You know, I think that we, we live a certain way for so long and we feel like we can, we can get it under control and we can figure it out on our own, but based on what you've done in the past and the people you've worked with, what is that moment where they say, you know what, I just need a little help. I need to take the first step and and sign up for the clarity call. Yeah. It can be a few different things. I find um, it could be a life transition. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone's going through a divorce or some kind of breakup or they want to change jobs or it could be, you know, something in midlife, you know, maybe you hit 40 and things don't look the way that you thought that they were going to look for you. So sometimes birthdays can be a catalyst as well. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you positioned it that way, that it's a catalyst, like the the actual moment where you realize, "Mm, I need to make a change. Something needs to happen here. Tell us more about your book and the things that you're working on outside of the coaching and and the client work that you have. Yeah. And, you know, you've got me thinking too, though, because sometimes it's also when they've done so many other things, they've read Ah. the books, they've watched the you know, they've listened to the podcast, they've done the magazine and the TV show, and they've tried all these other things. And they think, you know, okay, you know what, things haven't changed that much. Maybe I really do need a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you were asking about what I have coming up. Yes. Like tell us more about what you have on the horizon, but also, you know, a little bit more about where we can connect with you, where we can find your book, things like that. 
Yeah. So I would love if your uh, listeners would go to my website. It's my name. So it's trishajelroberts.com. And Ajel is A-H-J-E-L. And when you go on there, if you click the button that says start here, it will take you to a bunch of freebies, which are great. You can't go wrong with freebies, right? (laughs) So the first one is to sign up for the Clarity Coaching Call. Um, The second one is to join the Mind-Blowing Happiness Circle. So that is a free webinar. Well, I shouldn't say free. It's a webinar that I do every month. The first 30 days are free. So if you go in there, you can uh, come to the next webinar, which will be April 12th. And you can access all the previous ones because it's in the portal. So I would love to see you guys there. And the third offering is my most recent ebook, which is the book club leader's guide for 12 steps to mind-blowing happiness. So it takes you through the 12 steps, but it also teaches you how to create a community of people who want to grow, you know, Um, because our communities are so important. You know, our moms were right, right? Mama was said, (laughs) birds of a feather flock together. You know, or, or if you've ever heard, um, you are the sum of the five people you hang out with all the time, you know? So if you have a community that's pulling you back, you really have to work on, on your community. Yeah. But, um, so you were asking, you want to know more about the book? Let me tell you about two books. Please do. Please do. I would love to tell you about both books. So the, the kind of way that this happened was initially, I thought I was going to host a retreat in 2020. (laughs) <laughs> which didn't happen, <laughs> but, but I wanted to teach, you know, what I had learned from studying Buddhism and yoga and just, you know, all of these things. Um, so what ended up happening was I wrote a book, which turned out to be my self-help memoir, and it's called Thinking Outside the Chrysalis, A Black Woman's Guide to Spreading Her Wings. And so in there, I tell my story and people really, really love that that book. Um, But what I found after I I wrote it was that my readers were coming and asking for more space to kind of work through the 12 steps. So that was how the 12 steps to mind-blowing happiness was born. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also came to understand that it really was this journey of self-actualization. So yeah, I can go through some more of the steps with you to give you a little bit more of a taste for that. That would be great. And b- before we go there, you actually said something that triggered a thought. Um, that's one thing that I love about these conversations is that they really are conversations, you know, and so you think of something along the way. Yeah. But you mentioned um, about the joy in, in self-actualization and, and things of that nature. I, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that because I feel like there's a huge emphasis on being introspective right now and figuring out self and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that we necessarily can always connect with the joy and, and the benefits of getting to that space. It's almost as if we don't want to be a self project, you know, always improving, always working on ourselves, but we do also want the benefits of if you're, if you're working on yourself, you're getting to a better place, you know, equals joy. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about how that all works in tandem. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like joy is its own reward and sometimes joy is a decision. So I was teaching, um, a workshop last night. And it's funny, 
people often forget the joy part when we do the eight main life areas. We're mm -hmm. so focused on work, work, work in this culture that we forget that it's okay to make time for play, you know, to make time for rest, that we don't always have to be accessing another level of whether it's money or, I mean, even personal development on some level, because you're right. I mean, I want you guys to grow, but I want you to grow so that you're joyful. I don't want you to grow so that you're just like ticking off more things on your to-do list. Yeah, I grew. I grew an extra. <laughs> I grew an extra. I'm so brilliant. You know, like if you're, if you're not um, tapping into your joy, you're kind of missing the point of the assignment, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you may have heard the expression, you know, that we're human beings, not human doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you really, I, I guess, um, you know, I find that, that that ability to be more joyful does come from, from work, you know, from mm -hmm. self-work. Um, but in our culture, I think we miss the mark a lot because we have a capitalist culture. You know, it's kind of like, oh, you want joy? It's in this bottle. You know, it's mm -hmm. in this um, meal, it's in this car, it's in this glass of wine, you know, you can, you can purchase joy. And then when you get it and you have, you know, you had all the wine and you, you had all the, um, the fancy meals and you bought yeah. all the shoes and, you know, you did all the things and then you kind of feel like, mm, was that it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's important to find that within yeah. yourself. Um, the interesting thing about uh, the studies around happiness is that everybody is born with a happiness set point, and it's about 40% of your, of your happiness, and um, only about 20% has to do with your circumstances, you know, the car and the cake and the shoes, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but the other 40% is what you can work on yourself, and some of that is just allowing yourself to to be happy, to take a walk in nature, you know, mm -hmm. to take a nap when you're tired, to watch silly TV shows and not feel guilty because you just feel like watching something that relaxes your mind. I smile because you brought up nature and that is a recurring theme on this show that oftentimes when we want to relax or rest, there is a connection to grounding yourself. Yeah. Um, go outside, you know, look up at the sun, feel fresh air, breathe. Yeah. Oftentimes we are holding our breath and it's when we go outside that we could just release and exhale. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's interesting because we have this, um, and I think it's the culture too, the way that we're taught, we have this idea that we are all separate, that I'm separate from you and you're separate from the person next to, next to you. But the reality is we're all connected. So we are supposed to go outside and get energy from the sun. We are supposed to be barefoot at times and get energy from the earth. And then we're all exchanging oxygen. Yeah. So we're not really as separate as we think we are. We're kind of all sharing this biosphere together. And I know I interrupted you. You were on your way to tell us a little bit more about the 12 steps. And I know earlier in our conversation, you shared a few on the front end. I'd love to know from you, you know, when I read this book and I, you know, immerse myself in the 12 steps to get me to mind-blowing happiness, What's that feeling and that experience that you want your reader to walk away with? 
Oh my gosh. Well, I will say that this, the 12 steps are a lot. So okay. <laughs> it's a lot. like, I, um, I feel like I live such a deeply joyful life and it's so sweet. I want to share it with everyone. Right. But it's taken me a while. So it's not like, oh, you read this book one month and you're like, yay, I'm really happy. You know, so, so it does take time. However, any one of the steps can be mind blowing. You know, if the only step that you work on for the year is healing and you really make progress with healing, that is profound. Like that can be amazing. If you are someone who doesn't recognize yourself as a spiritual person and the only thing that you work on for the next six months is your spiritual life, like recognizing and identifying that, that is huge. It's huge. So I will say each step is kind of like that. It's a little bit like, wow, it's like little explosions, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I talked about community too. You know, if you are someone who you feel like you, you're not, you don't fit in places or, or maybe you're not really connected with communities of people that you enjoy because communities that you don't enjoy don't count. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So learning how to build those and connect and show up authentically in these spaces is huge, which takes me to my next step because authenticity is a big one. So um, self-awareness, authenticity, and self-love have to stay together. They're actually one step because there's a lot of conversation about self-love. Oh, love yourself. Oh, I love myself. My thing is, well, do you know who you are? Because if you don't know who you are, you can just say you love yourself. And it's almost like, I was gonna, I'm thinking it's like an infatuation. <laughs> it's like, you don't really, it's like when you meet someone and you think they're cute, but then you don't know who they are, right? And then you right. learn years later, like, oh, maybe they're not that cute now that I know them. So it's the same way with yourself. Like you're not born knowing who you are. You will have people mm. tell you who you are. You know, your parents may tell you who you are, society may tell you who you are, but at some point you have to unearth who you are for yourself. What do you like? How do you like to spend your time? What it, what's important to you? What are your values separate from the values of your parents and separate from the values of your country? You know, what would you die for? Like what would make you go all out? So getting to know who you are and then being able to establish some authenticity, right? So we all fix ourselves up in all different kinds of ways, whether it's hair, nails, makeup, what we're wearing, how we're snatching our waist or the heels and all the good, you know, good stuff that we like to do. But there should still be some awareness about why we do the things that we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, are we showing up in certain spaces in a certain way for a reason? And do we even know what that reason is? Because sometimes we're doing all the things because we don't even know that there's, we have the option to not do all the things. There there are so many societal pressures that push things onto us, you know, and generational pressure that says you have to live this way. You have to do things this way because that's how it's always been done before. And breaking Mm -hmm. those cycles can just be so challenging. So kudos to you for even sharing with us, you know, your journey, a peek into your experience, and even writing books that equip us with the tools that we need, something that we can carry physically and read and digest and better understand ourselves. 
thank you. You know, I, I consider that a gift to all of us. And I know that you shared, you know, how folks can stay connected with you and how they can connect with you, you know, on a deeper level through the work that you're doing with your clients. Friends, I want to make sure that you know that I will include all of that information in the show notes um, so that it's readily available so that you can just really click a button and there are no barriers um, to taking the next step that you need to take to get closer to mind-blowing happiness. You know, I wish that we could talk for hours and hours because my questions are infinite and I could go on and on and on. Um, But time is such a gift and you have already gifted us with so much um, time already. But before we leave, I must ask you, because I am just so very intrigued by your own personal journey and your own um, ability to walk into that meditation center that day and to, you know, start your own healing journey and then be so kind to share it with us all. Um, Mm. If you were to think back to the person that you were before, before you made those pivotal steps, before you had that life-changing moment, um, what would you tell that person? Um, I don't know. I, I, the first thing that popped into my head is just to be kind to yourself. You know, um, I haven't experienced a straight path. And I think that we all kind of, sometimes you take two steps forward and one step back, or you learn something new and then you stumble and you keep going. So yeah, I would just tell myself, you know, dust off your knees and keep it moving and be kind to yourself. Yeah. So good. I mean, it seems so simple, yet so hard at times to just be kind to yourself um, and extend some of that kindness that maybe you extend to others, to your own self first, um, and not the scraps that are left over, taking care of self. Yeah, Yeah, it, it actually comes up a lot in my coaching. Ah, definitely something that, um, impacts a lot I think especially women yeah. absolutely absolutely I think that you are preaching to folks that need to hear your message right now so <laughs> our listeners um, tend to be those that really just want that reminder and permission slip to give grace to be kind to start the journey um, and to accept that there are things and work that we have to do in order to get to the next place that we want to be So thank you so very much um, for being here today. Thank you so much for sharing so many amazing tips and thoughts and insight um, as to how we can get one step closer to mind-blowing happiness. As I mentioned before, all of the details, I mean everything, because you dropped so many gems, will be in the show notes as well as a link um, to your book so that people can access them fairly quickly um, with a click of the button. And is there anything else that you might want to share with listeners today? I would love for your listeners to follow me on Instagram. It's uh, my name, Trish Agel Roberts. I've been posting a video a day, which has gotten to be a lot of fun. (laughs) So if you want to see me posting goofy videos every day, I would love to see you. That's wonderful. Well, I will definitely, uh, once we hop off, be heading on over to your Instagram page. Um, I found that I really enjoy the videos that have been popping up on social media. Um, It's just really another great way to connect with people. Um, and build a community outside of in real life. So I am super excited to check that out. And thank you again for being here. 
My absolute pleasure. So friends, thank you again for tuning in. Um, as always, I, I'd love for you to connect with folks in different spaces and places that are doing really, really great work. Um, another opportunity for you to find and maintain your balance in this crazy, busy world. Um, so tune in next week to another episode and I can't wait to connect on the interwebs again. Have a great one. Bye.